Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing fire takes and analysis on sports topics. We have some guests providing their thoughts across the sport landscape. No narratives here. Straight talk. No chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, I got another hot episode coming up, man, as we going to kick it off with the updates across the sporting landscape. I got my NFL correspondent, Steve, coming through. Definitely to break down this breaking news of the potential trade of Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins. Also, too, I'm going to get into the NBA and also to my outlook on the upcoming NFL week number seven across the National Football League. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, checking in, man. We got episode number 16. Man, man, we got a hot one again, once again. We definitely going to get into some breaking news. We on Fire Sports Podcast is hearing out here that the uh, Miami Dolphins is close to pulling a trade. For Mr. Deshaun Watson for Tua Tabataloa. Man, man, this is something that we on Fire Sports Podcast, me and my NFL correspondent Steve, we have alluded to this potential deal back uh, in week number one. The Dolphins, man, they're currently one in five, man. They're one in five on the season. It's not looking good at all. Man, and it appears that they're willing to pull the plug on young Tua down there in Miami. Tua, as we all know, has been banged up since his NFL career has started. Also, too, he was banged up towards the tail end of his uh, career at the University of Alabama. And as we all know, Mr. Deshaun Watson is just basically sitting on the shelf down in Houston. No one knows, you know, what's going to go on with him down in Houston. But, you know, it's obviously both sides are willing to just move away and step away. Man, man. Now, this is a, a deal that has been rumored for some, some time, and it appears that the Dolphins of uh, Brass is willing to pull the trigger on it. To me, this all kind of lands at a situation of there could be some wholesale changes down in Miami. You know, you got Brian Flores as the head coach. You know, they got a new regime up in the front office. And I think that at this point, I think they're willing to kind of tear it down. Now, with Deshaun Watson, I mean, this guy's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He had a tremendous season last time we saw him on the field for the Houston Texans. And, man, has things changed. You know, he demanded a trade out of Houston. And, you know, we had the sexual allegations against him uh, that has, you know, surfaced. So, you know, his stock took a big-time hit, man, a big-time hit. His whole reputation took a big-time hit. And this man has been, you know, not seen out here, you know, you know, he's practicing. I'm not sure if he's practicing with the team. We just don't know down in Houston. So my opinion in this situation, man, you know, I think the Dolphins, I think they should pull this move. I mean, your season is going nowhere. You're one in five. You know, obviously the off the field situation with Watson. I mean, if there, nothing has came out with the National Football League and the front office with Roger Goodell, it seems for the time being, everything is all good. But you never know with the NFL. They always come back and strike. You know, when you never know, especially in this, you know, sensitive situation with Deshaun Watson. But as far as on the football field, I think you get a better player in Deshaun Watson. This guy's a proven pro bowler. 
Um, you know, he was a sensation at Clemson, uh, being part of a national championship team. So I think the Dolphins, in my opinion, for football reasons, they should pull the move. I'm not sure for PR reasons, though. So we definitely going to dive into this as this situation heats up once again, man. We on Five Sports Podcast definitely had to check in with this whole uh, unfolding situation down in Miami. So we on Five Sports Podcast. situation as breaking news has come across as the Miami Dolphins are in trade discussions with the Houston Texans for the services of Mr. Deshaun Watson for Tua Tabataloa and man I got my NFL correspondent Dolphin correspondent on the scene man checking in man to get some intake on this whole developing news man first of all what's going on Steve man what's going on my man oh things are going great now how are you sir Man, man, things are doing great, man. You know, the NBA back, the NFL, man, we diving into the season, man. And I definitely wanted to get you on this breaking news coming across, man. The Miami Dolphins up in trade discussions with the uh, Houston Texans, man. Um, I'm going to get right into it, man. We, we we spoke on this subject before, uh, I believe around week number one in the NFL season. And what's your thoughts, man? Uh, you know, you're right. We actually spoke about this. And so it's not really breaking news to me. I think this is the point where uh, the Texans re- are really trying to unload uh, Deshaun Watson uh, before the trade deadline. And, you know, you know originally we th- probably thought this would have happened in the offseason. But I think they kind of come to the realization that, you know, you if he is you know, suspended, which what most people believe is inevitable. Um, He's suspended for conduct um, detrimental to the league that he's going to somehow drop in trade value. And so it's going to limit the amount of, uh, you know, picks that they could get. Uh, Ironically enough, this breaking news came from three Houston writers, which means that the team pretty much in essence released this kind of information. I think to generate more uh, competition, more teams to get into the to the sweepstakes. Uh, I think the Dolph- Dolphins have been pretty steadfast on what they're willing to offer, not knowing his future. Um, by leaking this information that the Dolphins or they're about to trade for the Dolphins, this could kind of get a team, a, th- a second or third team who was interested to kind of come in and kind of up the ante a little bit and increase the trade value. But I, I think they're never going to get what they really want, uh, especially with everything that's looming over Deshaun, not knowing whether or not he could play, not knowing whether or not, you know, he's not going to get hit up with some, you know, some legal issues uh, down the road, maybe even jail time, who knows, right? So I think this is, you know, just the Texans trying to get and trying to generate as much as possible to get back, uh, as many picks as possible but i will say this i know Stephen ross owner of the dolphins he's definitely out trying to get uh a playmaker i know he's disappointed with the one to five start as if most of the fans and, and players but you know if it were me i would still wait till the offseason not knowing what you're going to get with deshaun watson uh, I would hold on to Tua. I don't think Tua is really the problem. I think Tua is a pretty good quarterback, pretty good young quarterback. Um, I think the injuries kind of slowed him down. I think the system that they run, similar to the Patriots, is kind of uh, limiting his potential. Uh, the 
a lack of an offensive line is definitely limiting his potential. But when you look at the film, all the experts, all the people who chime in on, on you know, quarterback play and, and, and look at the film, he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's fitting the ball into some tight windows. He's making some really good throws. I just think it's a system and he's going to always be compared to, uh, you know, Justin Herbert. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have the weapons that Justin Herbert has. He doesn't have the offense that Justin Herbert has. He doesn't have the coaching staff around him that Justin Herbert has. I think uh, he's been through what three offensive coordinators in the last three years. The Dolphins have uh, to, Obviously, two had a different offensive coordinator last year. Has a different one this year. They had co-offensive coordinators this year. So it's just a, you know, a bevy of different issues that have kind of really stunt his growth a little bit. But uh, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. But you know, time will tell as to as to who uh, or when this Deshaun Watson trade will be made. Yeah, man, and um, man, you hit it as far as I think uh, Houston Texans are very thirsty, man, to try to get this guy off their roster before the trade deadline. I think that these two teams obviously have had conversations before, and I don't, I don't believe that the Dolphins, you know, they haven't changed what they've been willing to give up, you know, to obtain Deshaun Watson. I don't think that part of it has changed. I think part of it as well is, you know, as you mentioned, a one and five start in Miami and Stephen Ross. You know, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, last time we seen him on the football field, this is a Pro Bowl quarterback. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, without the off the field, definitely a franchise quarterback in the National Football League, but you got a big bag of baggage with it, and you just don't know how hard Roger Goodell is going to hit in that situation. You know, I, I, I don't believe, and I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Dolphins do pull off this trade. To me, I think that that would uh, signal uh, internal changes, wholesale changes, including Flores and company in Miami. Well, what's your thoughts on that, man? Uh, you know, I, I like Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores is a pretty good coach. Uh, there's a couple of reports out there that Brian Flores actually wanted Justin Herbert. Uh, he had him at the Senior Bowl. He coached him at the Senior Bowl. He was more of a Herbert guy. Uh, I think Chris Greer is probably going to be the first person to let go, if anybody. Um, he just hasn't hit on the picks. Uh, you look at, you know, the Dolphins, they basically... You know, uh, sucked for Tua, uh, or tanked for Tua, and and in the process accumulated a whole bunch of draft capital. And at the end of the day, can you really say that they've hit on a player that uh, you know is a potential you know NFL superstar or or a Pro Bowler or some something along those lines? I don't think you have that. Um, they had three first round picks. Uh, oh. Uh, two years ago, uh, they had two first-round picks this year, and of those five first-round picks, none of those guys are, you know, all rookie. None of those guys are guys that you can, you know, say, hey, we, we got a stud. And so I think, you know, Stephen Ross seeing that, you know, he was sold on that 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 process to to basically break down the whole team, dismantle the whole team, and uh, build up draft capital, get younger, get better. And, and compete and he's looking around and saying we're one in five off of you know six first round picks the, the, the last three years and you know at, at some point somebody has to pay for that and I think it's going to be Chris Greer yeah man I do definitely believe he's a dead man walking right now 
mean, unless they're able to turn around the season, I mean, if it kind of trends to what it's been trending towards so far, yeah, I think it's a wrap for Chris Greer down in Miami. Yeah. How that unfolds. Well, man, other interesting back situation, man, a guy that's been getting a lot of flack lately has been uh, Baker Mayfield up in Cleveland. Um, you know, his uh, lack of chemistry with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, they're currently 3-3, three and three, 500 now. Um, you know, if anyone's watched them play, I mean, their defense, especially over the last two weeks, has been straight garbage. Uh, but what's your thoughts, man, about Cleveland and the uh, situation with Baker, man? Do you think that Baker can uh, get this team to an AFC championship game or, you know, a divisional game? What's your I think the talent around him is superb, and I think it's a great uh, lineup top to bottom. But, um, and, and I, I don't think Baker is a bad quarterback. He's an average quarterback. I think he's good enough to manage and right the ship and keep things afloat. But there comes a time, especially in the playoffs, where you need your quarterback to make plays. And we haven't seen that from Baker. And, you know, we haven't even seen that in crucial points in in the regular season. Uh, You know, I think Baker's pretty average. I think the Browns probably, if they have a better option, wouldn't move on from Baker. Um... But, you know, you, you still have a pretty good lineup and you still have a pretty good team. And so they're probably going to try to go with this lineup, go with this team as far as they can uh, with Baker. But I wouldn't be surprised come next season. Uh, they're looking to upgrade the quarterback position. Baker's coming up on this contract extension. Uh, I wouldn't give Baker a $100 million contract at this point uh, with what he's proven and what he's shown uh, so far in his career. Um, and that's going away for a starting NFL quarterback, uh, you know, especially for, for on a team that's, you know, supposedly ha- has playoff and, and maybe even Super Bowl aspirations. So uh, I think Baker is probably, you know, this might be it for Baker, um, but it's just a matter of getting a better option in place. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too, man, is just part of the environment that we're in as far as quarterbacks more now than ever has been under a huge microscope. I mean, just about this for man. The Tampa Bay Bucks won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. I mean, you know, the Giants won a Super Bowl with Phil Simms. Now, these guys wasn't, you know, rocket arm guys. They weren't even top five or even top ten guys at their position at the time they won the Super Bowl. So I think that Baker, I think part of it is the expectation of Baker. You know, obviously being, a, you know, the first number, uh, first pick overall in the NFL draft plays a part of it, but I think you can win with Baker if the other components of your team is strong. I mean, well, mention their defense has been straight garbage, you know, meaning if you think about it, if they're giving you one good week out of the last two or three weeks, you know, they wouldn't be 500, you know, simple as that. So I think part of the Baker is, one, the commercials, him being the first round, you know, and I just think that at the end of the day, Cleveland's just starving to, you know, have a winning situation up there. I do think they are trending in the right direction. We'll definitely see how the rest of this season plays out for them, especially in the division they're in. Yeah, and here's the thing. And you brought up Brad Johnson, and you know, uh, you brought up you know quarterbacks who basically are game managers, right? Um, but the thing with those guys is they don't make those big mistakes, or they did it at least uh, when it counted. Phil Sims, you know. I, there, there was a game in, in the Super Bowl where he went something like 20 of 22 
and was accurate, didn't turn the ball over, and they relied on the running game, and they relied on a pretty good defense. I think you brought up the the Browns' defense. Uh, They're not Super Bowl or playoff caliber at this point. I think uh, they they had a pretty good showing tonight. But, you know, at the end of the day, they got to run the ball. They got to to win with that formula. You got to run the ball. You got to play good defense. And you have to have a quarterback who makes timely throws and doesn't turn the ball over. They have one of those equations, one part of that equation, and that's the running game. They don't have the defense and they don't have the quarterback who makes those timely throws and doesn't turn the ball over as of yet. And Baker hasn't proven that in those big games he could do that. He played well against the Chiefs uh, last year in the playoffs, but, you know, again, he, he came up short. Um, you know, when when they had an opportunity to to hold on to the ball and control the clock and keep the keep the Chiefs keep um, off the field and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, you know, he, he didn't he, he he kind of dropped the ball really on that opportunity. You know, they made some uh, they made a, he made a poor throw late and you know and they ended up giving getting getting in the field goal range or something like that, kicked the field goal and, and still you know got the lead or whatnot, but. At the end of the day, you know, those those high caliber quarterbacks or superstar quarterbacks, the guys that you win Super Bowls with, you got to make the big plays or the crucial plays when it mattered. Uh, you know, he didn't do that. Heck, uh, Chad Henney <laughs> had a crucial point in that game where he, he ran on fourth and uh, when, when Pat Mahomes had stepped out and he made a, a, a long run on a fourth on a third down and set up a, a, a fourth down conversion. Uh, for them to win so you know uh, big quarterbacks the, the ones you win championships with they come up crucial in those periods and I, I don't know the, the jury's out on, on Baker and whether or not he could he could do that yeah it only seemed like ever since uh, Chad Henney has went over to KC like he's a different type of guy man like, you know what I'm <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I think he's still Chad Henney he's still the guy who never really you know, lived up to, to to the billing when he was with the Dolphins, but he had a moment, and he never had a moment in his career at any point. I mean, he he backed up, uh, you know, in, in Jacksonville and had a couple of plays here and there, but you know, that probably was his biggest moment of his career. And ironically enough, it was with the Chiefs in uh, in a crucial, you know, uh, playoff game. So. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a changed guy, but he's still Chad Any. But he had that 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 career defining moment for him, though. Oh yeah, man. I mean, also too, when you play behind uh, Patrick Mahomes, man, you do understand that being part of the band is sometimes your best option. Uh, so no doubt about that, man. So man, man, I definitely appreciate you coming through, providing some insight across the National Football League as we had a couple updating stories across the nfl man so we definitely appreciate you coming through we definitely gonna get back at you as well on the nba tip as the 75th uh nba season has kicked off so we definitely gonna get your thoughts uh nba as that season has kicked off as well sounds great look forward to it uh you know again thanks for having me not it's uh, always a pleasure uh, Five Sports Podcast. 
man, man, the NBA has definitely kicked off as we got the 75th season of the Basketball Association, man, and everybody's hyped up. Man, I know I am as a big-time basketball fan, man, and man, man, we're we taking a look at some different situations across the league and, you know, teams' outlook we like out here, man, and I got my Miami Heat correspondent on the line with us again, man, my man Steve, man, what's going on? How's it going, Not. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, man, great, man, man. We want to uh, get into this NBA, man. You know, the 75th uh, season's kicked off. You know, we got the uh, 75th uh, anniversary team out here, man. We on Five Sports Podcast definitely going to provide our own 75th anniversary team coming soon, man. So, man, what's your thoughts, man, across the league, man? You know, you had a lot of movement in free agency over the summer, man. But what's your thoughts, man? Uh, you know, I, I think this season um you know people think that you know it's lakers and nets really four teams lakers nets uh suns uh and uh milwaukee and the bucks but i think it's a little bit more wide open uh i think uh you have some really good teams i wouldn't be surprised if a team like miami um or even a team like portland was on their last legs trying to make this work um, comes out of nowhere. Denver has potential, you know, jokers out there. Uh, I think that it's a little bit more wide open than four teams. I think really with so much that's unproven, especially with the Lakers out West and with uh, the Nets and Brooklyn, um, whether or not, you know, the whole Kyrie situation, I think that opens the door even more to, to, to getting maybe a dark horse team in there uh, and making a finals run. Yeah, man, I, I I think that, you know, that's pretty much the top four teams, man. I think everybody is pretty much set on that. You know, I think, you know, last season to me was a litmus test. And to me, it was the Phoenix Suns. You know, they were able to get to the NBA Finals last year, but there were some injuries along the way. You know, for other teams, you know, they had a pretty consistent regular season last season, put themselves in great playoff season. Uh, last season so I think that played to their benefit getting to the NBA Finals and you know they was two games away from winning an NBA championship man with that young team I think this season you could have the same potential of that going on especially out west oh yeah that the you know the Lakers obviously on paper considered them the favorite but you know you got the Golden State Warriors out here man you know they they make they made some moves over the summer you know they're expecting Klay Thompson to come back around uh, around Christmas time man so you know, their team on the come up. You got the uh, Jazz out there. So, you know, I agree with you on that end. I think it's a little bit more wide open than advertised. Um, you got some Eastern Conference teams who've made some moves. You know, my native Chicago Bulls have made some free, uh, free agent moves, off-season moves. They've gotten better. You know, you got teams towards, you know, the bottom or middle of the pack in the East who've gotten a little bit better. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, a wide open season, man. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the Lakers, man. Um, what's your early thoughts on them, though, man? You know, they obviously, you know, put together, you know, team, you know, veteran-laden team. What's your thoughts about them, man? Well, uh, you know, when you have a veteran ball club like that, the first thing that comes to mind is how healthy are they going to stay? Um, you know, they're clearly not going to jump out the gates from start to finish and just dominate out west. It's going to take a while for them to gel. Um, and then you got some parts there that really don't necessarily fit. So it's not just a matter of gelling, but it's understanding where guys can get their shots and, 
you know, uh, you know, lineups and crucial points of the game in the game. You know, there's a lot going on there. Uh, do I do I do I believe in LeBron? Obviously, uh, you know, I think LeBron on the court alone will, will will help facilitate that a little bit better than than in most situations. Um, is Frank Vogel the head coach that's going to be able to bring all this together and be able to, you know, captain that ship? That remains to be seen. Uh, a team like this, where you got guys who, and, and you know, with LeBron, you 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 want to, you know, clear out the paint and 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 put out there a whole bunch of shooters, um, spotting up, um, ready to get a kick out and and, and drop some shots. They don't have that kind of team. So they have a team that I thought is more similar to the team that LeBron had in Miami where you have a slasher like they had with D-Wade and you have a big who can step out and and hit some big shots but doesn't want to be a big and and camp out in the paint. So they have a team similar to that, but at least that Miami team had nothing but shooters coming off the bench uh, surrounding LeBron. Um, This Laker team doesn't have it. They got a bunch of guys who clog up the paint. Dwight Howard, uh, you know, you got him in there. DeAndre Jordan. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got a bunch of guys who, who are just going to clog up the paint. And so, you know, the first person you think that's going to affect their game is probably going to be Russ because that's his game. You know, it isn't shooting because he's not that great of a shooter. Um, his game is basically rebounds, drive, and penetrate. And so, um, you know, you you wonder now is this is going to even make it even harder for him to to gel uh, on the Lakers. So, you know, a lot remains to be seen. I think they'll get it together because you just got too many, you know, veterans. You got too many scores. You got too many guys who are who are content with their role and understand their role. And I think LeBron is is definitely going to help facilitate making that happen. But um, it's going to take some time. So I don't see the Lakers being a number one seed. I see them somewhere around four or five. Um, And I think they're probably just going to have to really take the season to get it all together and then try to make a run in the playoffs, depending on which matches they have, um, you know, might help, might, might determine, you know, how deep they go. But I don't think they'll be number one. I think, again, it'll probably be Denver. Um, I think uh, Utah probably be second. Um, I, I like I like the Suns at third, and then maybe the Lakers around four. Um, but you know, injuries can happen a lot. A lot can happen over the course of the season, so it all remains to be seen. Oh yeah, man, definitely so, man. And that kind of you know, simple situation with the team that's favored to get out of the Eastern Conference with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, in their situation, you know, they made some acquisitions. You know, bringing in a Paul Millsap. You know, you got uh, Blake Griffin back in the fold. You know, shout out to my man, Patty Mills, who, you know, added to the fold. You know, you got uh, Mr. James Harden back. Then you got the mystery man. Uh, definitely the mystery man. And Kyrie Irving, you know, who's currently out, want to be vaccinated. <laughs> that whole situation in Brooklyn, man. Ah, oh, man, it's chaos for real. Uh, you know, when you, I've never been a Kyrie fan phenomenal talent for sure um but you never know if you're gonna get the full Kyrie uh on the court focused ready to go the guy you got in that playoff series with 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 the uh 
with the Warriors. Um, I think that Kyrie might be long gone. I think you still have a guy who in spurts can give you a good game. But how focused is he on basketball? How focused is he on uh, keeping his body healthy and keep keeping keeping himself right? He's been injury plagued last probably three three or four seasons. Uh, you know, at this point, I would probably just trade Kyrie and get some role players in there. I think you have enough to get to to, to the finals with just James Harden and Kevin Durant and the guys that they had around. Um, they got some pretty good players coming off the bench, some guys who could hit shots. I think that that you know, even Blake Griffin, who who seemed rejuvenated. Uh, when when he got to the Nets last year, I think he'll he'll give you a better third option at this point than Kyrie because you don't know where, when Kyrie will ever play. Um, he'll never play in New York without getting vaccinated, and I don't think he will get vaccinated. And so you know, he's gonna sit at home, uh, and these guys are probably gonna you know push forward. Hopefully the 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 vaccine mandate gets lifted, and I think that's what the Nets are probably hoping for: the vaccine mandate gets lifted in new york city and which who knows if that if that's even a possibility but you know they're hoping for that and then maybe he could come up he could come back but you know it's just chaos and if you're focused on winning a championship you don't want chaos you don't want it in a locker room you don't want it on the court and Kyrie just brings chaos and i think you know the sooner they they, they get rid of Kyrie, i think the, the better off they would be yeah, man, I've never seen a situation like this, man, where you got a guy that's definitely a big, a big time talent. I mean, in my opinion, he hit the biggest shot in Cleveland Cavaliers history. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's saying a lot. Right. God, that to me, man, uh, I'm going to just put it out there. I, I simply believe that their season is contingent on him. I, I disagree in the fact that I think that, and I don't want to be disrespectful to the current world champion, Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if they can beat Milwaukee without Kyrie Irving. Like, to me, that's the only team that's in the East that I feel that if Milwaukee is confident in playing their correct basketball and real basketball that helped them win a championship with the forces of the world, coming mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the role guys that they have, man, that's going to be a tough situation, man. You know, how, how do you feel about that, though? It, here's what I'll say about that. I mean, if... if... If KD were a size 15 instead of a size 17, Milwaukee doesn't win a championship uh, last year. Simple as that. (laughs) If his foot was just two inches smaller and he's behind the arc and when he hit that shot, Milwaukee's going home, you know, and that's with, and that was with a, a James Harden who was probably at like 60%. So I think Milwaukee, yes, they're a great ball club. They figured it out. They know how to win. They, they got through it. But I think at the end of the day, they went up against a Nets team that even with James Harden and uh, with James Harden being you know, a shell of himself and it basically all KD and a bunch of role players got took to the limit. <laughs> and so I think if those, guys, if those two guys are healthy, I think, they can beat Milwaukee. Um, remember, Milwaukee doesn't have your PJ Brown, so you don't have another guy that you could a defensive, you know, a stopper that you could throw at KD in, in, in crucial points. You're never going to stop KD, but you know, you, PJ Brown could stick with him, can make him work. He'll still drop, you know, 
40 plus, but he's going to work for it. They don't even have that on the roster right now. I think really their best defender, obviously, is Giannis, but you saw what happened in the playoffs last year. Giannis wasn't even really guarding KD at any point, and, and when he was, uh, it, it you know, KD was just basically AD. So I think if Bucky's the team to beat, and obviously they're the champs, you're going to have to go through them. But I don't think that's a challenge for that's a tough challenge for somebody like Kevin Durant and James Harden when healthy. I think that's definitely you know that's the series that I, to me I think almost can be better than an NBA Finals matchup. You know, obviously you want you know you got the Brooklyn Nets trying to you know get that get back from last year. You know, Kevin Durant, yeah, if he wore a size maybe 14 or something, yeah, they definitely probably would go to the NBA Finals last season. And that's just, you know, they say football game, and basketball is definitely a game of inches as well. So, it's going to be interesting to see, man, how this season play out, man. You know, um, you know I definitely want to get, uh, get early thoughts on the NBA season, man. Uh, before we get out of here, man, what's your thoughts, man, on, on your heat, man, before we get out of here, man? Um, you know, Dark Horse uh, Eastern Conference final. I mean, they played Milwaukee tonight, uh, and you know they put they put the Bucks in a forty point club. You know, John Giannis was out there, Chris Middleton was out there, and they they got put in a forty point club uh, pretty late into the game. So, yeah, you know, I think they got potential. I mean, look at the lineup. I mean, they they got some playmakers, and if Oladipo can come back. Uh, in the second half of the season, give you a, a, a tremendous boost off the bench. I mean, they, they got a team I think that could compete with just about anybody in the East. So, um, you know, a lot of people got them as their dark, dark horse team out East. Uh, I certainly do. Not trying to be a homer or anything like that, but uh, I think they got a ton of potential. And they, they, if they could stay healthy, they got, they got that toughness. Uh, that they had when they were in the bubble. They have some players in there who bring that defensive toughness. And I think that's what they need against a team like Milwaukee. Uh, that's why they were able to beat Milwaukee in the bubble. Um, I think they got some of that back with the acquisitions that they made. And, you know, uh, I think the Nets probably put, posed the biggest challenge because you have Kevin Durant and, and James Harden and arguably, you know, two top five players uh, on the same team. So, you know, it, it, I think if if they get the seeding right, and you know they don't have to see the Nets until the until the finals, who knows? Yeah, man, I think that uh, roll the ball club out there that, that's tough to build. And yeah, I will say this, man. You know, uh, South Beach is definitely undefeated. I mean, I'm just gonna say this, man. <laughs> Imagine being an NBA World Champion, man, going down to South Beach in uh, October. Leave it at, I'm gonna leave it at that, man. But uh, yeah, definitely up for a ball club, man. They're definitely gonna be competitive this season. Yeah, I think to, with them, it's all about matchups, all about the seeding that they get in the playoffs and who they play in the first couple rounds. Um, you know, I think that's gonna be huge, you know, as far as the Miami Heat goes. You know, we'll definitely see how uh, Kyle Lowry, that uh, acquisition, you know, him playing out. And, um, yeah, you know, Tyler Hero, you know, trying to get his swag back. You know, a lot of people, you know, saying off the field, you know, off the court type of, you know, things distracted him last season. Uh, so I expect him to come out and, uh, you know, have a, a bounce back season. Uh, so dropped, yeah. uh, dropped almost 30 tonight. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it looked like he got a you know extra hop in his step, man. Look like he back focused. You know, maybe he had to sit down and talk to the Godfather, Pat Riley, about that whole situation. You never know. But uh, man, I definitely appreciate the insights, man. We on Five Sports Podcast definitely gonna be checking in with you across all outlets. Man, man, I appreciate you once again falling through, man. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, man, the NFL is heating up, man, as we got week number seven coming in on the slate. Man, it's going to be some big games coming up, say, this upcoming Sunday. But first, I want to recap week number six. Week number six kicked off with the Tampa Bay Bucks winning 28-22 to over the Philadelphia Eagles. As the Bucks go to 5-1, and one, the Eagles drop to 2-4. and four. As uh, Tom Brady two two touchdowns in that game. We also, too, had the uh, London game between the Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. As the Jaguars picked up their first victory of the season, 23-20. to 20. They ended their 20-game win streak. Oh, boy, oh, boy, Miami. Then we had the Green Bay Packers up against the Chicago Bears, a game that was for the division first place as the Packers won 24 to 14 as Aaron Rodgers threw two touchdowns and ran for one to knock off my Bears and drop them to three and three. Then we had the Cincinnati Bengals up against the winless Detroit Lions who came in 0-5. We had the Bengals winning 34 to 11 as Burrow threw three touchdowns in that game. Then we had a battle of the AFC South between the Houston Texans versus the Indianapolis Colts as the Colts won 31-3 as they improved their record to 2-4 and dropped the Titans, I'm sorry, the Texans to 1-5. Then we had the Rams versus the Giants as the Rams won 38-11 as Stafford threw four touchdowns and their defense locked up and created four turnovers. The Giants had a litany of injuries in this game. Boy, oh boy, good luck, Big Blue. Then we had the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes up against the Washington football team as the Chiefs won 31 to 13, dropping the uh, Washington football team to 2 and 4. The Chiefs, man, get to 500 at 3 and 3. Then we had another tight game, actually, between the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers as the Vikings won 34-28 as Kirk Cousins threw a touchdown in overtime to win that game, dropping the Panthers to 3-3 as the Vikings go to 3-3 themselves. Then we had, to me, was the game of the week last week against the Baltimore Ravens against the Los Angeles Chargers as the Ravens won 34-6 as they shut down Justin Herbert to move their record to 5-1. Then we had the Arizona Cardinals up against the Cleveland Browns as the Cardinals came into Cleveland, won 37-14 as Kyler Murray threw four touchdown passes. Man, the Cardinals are 6-0. They looking like the best team in the National Football League so far. Then we had the Raiders versus the Broncos. The Raiders had a tough week uh, coming off that whole debacle with John Gruden as they were able to win 34-24. And we had uh, Derek Carr throwing two touchdowns in that game uh, to help the uh, Raiders get to four and two. Then we had the Cowboys versus the Patriots. This game, as the Patriots jumped out early on the Cowboys, but the Cowboys was able to come back and win 35 to 29 as Prescott uh, got got a touchdown pass in overtime to win that particular game. Then we had the Seattle Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Seahawks was without Russell Wilson uh, as they went into Pittsburgh and lost 23-20. to And Watts actually um, got a fumble in overtime in this game as this one went into overtime 
help the uh, Steelers kick a field goal to win that particular game as they get their record to three and three. And then we had the Monday night tilt between the Buffalo Bills versus the Tennessee Titans as the Bills, I'm sorry, the Titans win a close game 34 to 31. Uh, Allen, man, they tried to uh, get a, a huge fourth down, but they uh, actually stopped them to lock in that game. And Derrick Henry, oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a big time game for Derrick Henry, best running back in the National Football League. So that was a quick look at week number six. We're going to uh, delve into week number seven, just a preview of those games coming up. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, the NFL, man, we got week number seven coming up, and We on Fire Sports Podcast going to get right into it. Man, we've already had the Thursday night game between the Cleveland Browns versus the Denver Broncos as the Browns win 17-14. to As everyone knows, we definitely had a situation where the Browns was going up without their uh, quarterback in this particular game as, man, they was able to hold on 17-14 to uh, 14 as Baker Mayfield didn't play in this game and the Browns was able to uh, scoop up a victory. Then we got on Sunday, we got the Washington football team traveling to Green Bay to play the Packers, who are 5-1 on the season. I expect the Packers to handle their business in this particular game against the Washington football team as Aaron Rodgers and his ball club has won five games in a row. Washington, man, at 2-4, and four, man, not sure what's going on with them right now. Then we got a 1 o'clock game, which is a game I'm going to be looking at, a battle between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. As the Chiefs are 3-3, three and three, Titans come in 4-2 and two with a big victory against the uh, Buffalo Bills in a tight game last week. Man, the Chiefs, I expect them to go into uh, Nashville and pull out this victory in a tough, tough close game, one possession game. I got the Chiefs pulling this one out. Then we got the Falcons versus the Miami Dolphins as the Falcons is 2-3 and three on the season. And the Dolphins just came off uh, losing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to win this game. It's a battle of two teams that are just straight up horrible on defense. But I think the Falcons roll into Miami and get a victory. Then we got the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. Man, this is a, a game where we got a battle of uh, two division teams, uh, two teams that's trying to, you know, get their identity out here, man. But I, I think the Pats are going to pull this game out in Foxborough. Then we got the Carolina Panthers versus the New York Giants. The Giants got pretty much everybody injured on their ball club. The Panthers started off 3-0, and, three, three and lost three consecutive ball games. I actually got the Panthers pulling this game out going up into uh, the Meadowlands, handling their business, or MetLife Stadium, by the way. Then we got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. This is an AFC North battle. The Ravens are on fire right now. Man, this is going to be a good football game. I think we have a situation where Baltimore at home just a little bit too tough for the up-and-coming uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I got the Ravens pulling that one out. Then we got the Philadelphia Eagles up against the Las Vegas Raiders. This game is going to be out in uh, Las Vegas. The Eagles offense, man, is pretty much stalled. I think the Raiders, they pulled this game out at home to increase their record to 5-2. and two. Then we got a battle of the Detroit Lions versus the Los Angeles Rams. 
these two football clubs traded uh, quarterbacks during the offseason. And, man, it looks like Matt Stafford is a whole new man. And it looks like Jared Goff is pretty much a backup in the National Football League. I expect the Rams to handle their business and go to 6-1 and one on the season. Shout out to Sean McVay and company. Then we got the Houston Texans versus the Arizona Cardinals as the Texans go out to Arizona. This game could be a potential upset special. You know, the Cardinals are flying high. The Texans are 1-5. Nobody expects them to do nothing in this football game. But I do got the Cardinals pulling out a very uh, competitive game, I think, uh, out in Arizona. Then we got a battle of the Chicago Bears versus the Tampa Bay Bucks as the Bears go down to Tampa. Uh, Bears 3-3. Three and three. The uh, Tampa Bay Bucks are currently 5-1 and one on the season. Tom Brady looked like he got his swag in order. You know, I love my Bears, man, but I think it's going to be tough sledding. Even though we did beat this team last season in Chicago, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers return the favor down up in Tampa. Then we got the Sunday night game between the Indianapolis Colts, who are 2-4, and four, and the 2-3 and three San Francisco 49ers. Man, for this game to be an NBC game, man, I think this is kind of a dud game. I don't want to be disrespectful to both of these ball clubs. But, man, the Colts got to travel out to uh, San Francisco. Um, I think that the 49ers pull out a tough and ugly football game because they're playing at home. I got the 49ers winning in this game. Then we got the Monday night tilt between the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. As the Saints travel out to Seattle, Seattle has been a notorious tough place to play, but they've got uh, super injuries on their team. Russell Wilson, you know, obviously being the leader of their football club is out. And I got the Saints pulling out a close victory, even though I think both of these teams' defenses need to improve. But I think that the Saints go out there and handle their business in a close and tight football game. So that's pretty much, man, week number seven across the NFL. We're definitely going to get into some updates once this season, I'm sorry, once this week concludes. But I'm going to be sitting back like everybody enjoying these uh, good football good football games in week number seven. So sit back. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Also, guys on Twitter at We on Fire Sports. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, once again, I want to thank y'all for listening, man. We on Fire Sports Podcast as we broke down week number six in the National Football League. And we also preview week number seven coming up. We got into this whole Deshaun Watson situation with the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Texans as we anticipate there might be a potential trade between those two ball clubs. And we got into the NBA as the 75th season has definitely kicked off. I want to appreciate uh, my uh, special guest coming through, Steve, provide some insight across the sporting landscape. Once again, man, thank y'all for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast.